Daryl Ryder, our beat reporter, also co-host of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland, a podcast you can find on the Odyssey app or at 923thefan.com. He joins us at noon. In fact, right now he is milling around the locker room as we wait for press conferences, which are brought to you by our good friends at Nissan of North Homestead and I-90 Nissan in Sheffield Village. Shop online at bignissan.com. Who will be a boom this week? Who will be a bust? Upper Hand Fantasy gives you the insight on the best matchups and the best lineups for your fantasy team this weekend. And you want that, don't you? Listen for new episodes each and every weekday. You can follow Upper Hand Fantasy on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So Greg Newsom, Amari Cooper, Joel Batonio, all those guys are scheduled to speak today in Berea. Uh, If they pop up while we're on the air, uh, we will let you listen in. It's kind of one of those creepy things we do, right? We stalk, yeah. and we share. So we'll wait, but Greg Newsom was already talking about what JJ3 said yesterday about this team not, like, hanging out afterwards and not having that cohesion. Um, and if you get a chance to listen to the podcast today, which dropped this morning, right, Meredith? We did drop this morning. Drop. I'll assume that's a yes. Click, click, um, click. That, you know, that he talked about the chemistry on this team and, you know, just what's there. It, it, it seems like... It's just kind of free floating right there that maybe that they don't have. I do, and I, like I was saying to Daryl during the podcast yesterday, I said, "Look, when you're losing games, I don't know that you want to be hanging out with the guys that you're playing football with, you know." And especially because it's a younger team, you would think that these guys might be hanging out a little bit more. But uh, you know, Stefanski talked yesterday about you know filling their plate and making sure that there's something to do the second they walk in the door in Berea to the moment that they leave and. You know, we've had this conversation a million times. How committed do you need to be to your team, right? And I, I do think that that's a trend that's not just NFL. I, I think there are a lot of, like, and it kind of it kind of bothers me when you see it at the youth level, too, where they're like, well, you can only play one sport at a time, especially when kids are young. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, ever. Agreed. Well, are you committed? I mean, come on, you're nine years old. Why are you trying to play more than one sport? Um, because my muscles are growing and I'm trying to develop not just one set of muscles, but other muscles. And I'm trying to learn other games and you trying to be a good teammate. You know, he doesn't, doesn't sound like a nine-year-old. That sounds like a, that is one, uh, a nine-year-old's voice change. Yeah, that's a nine-year-old that, uh, that kids are looking at. <laughs> a nine-year-old. Hey, what you, heck of a deep voice. Do you have the notes from alphabet class today? <laughs> yes, I do. I, I'm a little confused on what comes after C. Uh, that doesn't really matter. Does it? Uh, but Jeff, I, I like. I, yeah. We talk about this like psychological team games that that go on, and and it is interesting that Don Shula is number one and wins, and Bill Belichick is two, because I I can't think of different philosophies uh, that are more contrasting than the two of those as far as commitment to the game. Right? You'd say it all the time. Don Shula wanted these guys home to eat dinner with their family at the end of the night, right? I, I remember reading that his goal was you're out of there and everybody's home by 7 o'clock at the latest. And I, I've, it's always one of the reasons I've always thought that the sport was so overcoached, it's ridiculous. And there's a lot to be said for having a fresh mind, going in, getting your work, doing it, you know, attack it, go home. It really is. I don't, Bill Belichick work for, work spent... For Shula. Well, Belichick spent so much time prepping for the Browns game last week that by the fourth quarter, he was writing down his grocery list during the game. Nothing. Nothing. I heard it yesterday. 
I know. I thought it was funny yesterday, too. <laughs> Medic is laughing. <laughs> Seriously, what was I he writing during the game? My line, not yours. What do you think he was writing during the game last week? Notes that he could go over next time around. Oh, how about, hey, I, I forgot to bring this up about the game. Uh, the young guy that had the uh, touchdown that tried to give him the game ball. Oh, that poor guy. Oh, my he God, is that he's, funny? He's the guy who recovered the fumble on Chester Rogers. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, he got, yeah. And so then he walks up to Bill and tries the hand of the football during the middle of the game, and Bill's like, what? What are you doing? What? And then he's got one of his thugs come over and go and says, hey, get out of here. One of his, oh one of his bodyguards. God. He's got bodyguards. He's got guys that are protecting him throughout <laughs> no, the game. I, I think the guy was protecting the player. Come on, get away, get away, get away fast. I need one of my guys over here. Can you please, can you separate the player from the coach during the game? Um, I, again, is there is there too much to that, Jeff? You know, we talked about it yesterday. And then, you know, Greg Newsom said today, he talked a little bit earlier um, about, and, and Menegan, you have the exact quote, so I don't want to misquote him. But he just said, we'll leave this behind closed doors. Is that what happened? I said it never hurts to continue extra film study when you're at home to do extra to try to prepare yourself for the game. And he says we he believes that they have been more for, focused during walkthroughs. This week they've been more focused during walkthroughs. That is correct. It takes going to two and four to become focused at practice. I mean, I go back to the beginning of the season, Jeff, and I still wonder how do we have NFL players that have communication issues? How did you get to the NFL – well, if we have communication issues, unless your coordinators and your coaches are, are, aren't explaining things in the right way that well, you're able to talk to each other. Well, look at there. Hmm. How about that? That has to be it, right? I don't know how you get there after the preseason. Doesn't everybody speak the same language? I could understand if you brought in a free agent week three that like doesn't understand the terminology or maybe the terminology is just a little bit different than – where they've been for their whole career and they don't get it. Like, I, I get it. Hey, we brought in this new guy, and he just didn't kind of get it. He didn't understand the, the the words we were using. I understand that. Yeah, it's, I just don't know how a team that's two, three weeks into the season is having communication issues. With the same coordinator and most of the same players? The terminology is the same. How concerned are you about this thing going right down the, you know what? I don't know how you can't be. They're two and four in the part of the schedule where we thought they needed to be four and two. Look what's coming. Doesn't mean they can't turn it around and win three of these games, but even if they win three, what are they? They're one game under 500 when Sean Watson comes back. Right? They'd be five and six. That's if they go three and two in these next five games. All right, guys, let's head out to Berea. This press conference brought to you by Nissan of North Olmsted at I-90 Nissan and Sheffield Village. Shop online, bignissan.com. Browns guard Joel Batonio addressing the media. Tough position to stay healthy for 17 games. Um, so anytime you lose a starter, it's a big loss, obviously. But I think we have guys that are preparing, getting reps this week, and have all season. You know, I think um, Coach Callahan is one of the better developers of O-line guys in the league. He puts in the time. He puts in the extra work. Um, and those guys really do work hard to be ready. So whoever ends up, you know, going this week, I think will be ready to play. Charlie Gilder coming in for, for Wyatt this past week. I guess how do you guys think he, he did stepping up in that role? Yeah, it was good. I mean, anytime you come into a game, it's it's you know a little shocking. But um, especially in a game like that where you're passing the ball every you know down pretty much. Um, but I think he stepped in and, and, and did an admirable job. You know, I know 
everybody has things they want to clean up, but overall I think it was uh, a real positive. What's his strength as far as, can he move like he, you and Wyatt? I mean, he's stronger than me and Wyatt, you know, he's like a, he's like a strong man if you ever look at his build and stuff like that. He has a great anchor. Um, he actually moves very well too though. He moves well and, um, and those things. So he has a lot of, you know, potential and a lot of talent. Um, and that stuff, you saw him pull last week a couple times and he got around the edge and mm -hmm. stuff. So I think they try and look for the same characteristics in the guys. But no, he's a really strong guy and, and, he, and he plays plays really well. It's just getting to know who you're playing next to and, and understanding the, you know, games they're running at you and different stunts and blitzes and things of that nature. When you say stronger, is that, have you seen that in the weight room? Oh, yeah. He'll, uh, I think he wants to be a strong man when he's done playing. But, I mean, his squat ability and his, his uh, ability to move weight is pretty impressive. Just the critical juncture that you guys are in right now, you know, heading Baltimore and then these two back-to-back -back games. Yeah, we're at a you know big moment for our season. Um, you know, we're, we're not where we wanted to be record-wise. We have two division opponents. Um, you know, you handle your business, and you'll see where you're at there. You know, no one's really pulled away in our division yet. Um, so it is a big moment, and I think the guys understand the sense of urgency. You know, it's. It's something we have to we have to find a way to get a win, and we we've been stressing that. But it's very important this week, and I think the guys are, are committed to putting in whatever works necessary. I don't know if people need extra work, but make sure you're 100 percent committed to to getting those results this week. What did you think of John Johnson? You know, he kind of as a team leader stood up yesterday and just said he you know, he wasn't sure that there's a hundred percent buy-in on that. Do you sense that as well? No, I think I think guys like. It's never an effort thing. Like, if you look at the film, like, I don't think it's guys, like, not trying hard. You know, you, you look at guys, we watch the film as a group, coach will show key plays in the game, and it's it's never an effort thing. So I think guys are bought and guys want to play hard. But some guys might not understand, like, what it takes to, to play at this level, you know, how much film you have to put in, how much extra time you have to put in. And that's everybody's job on the team, coaches, players, to get them to understand that. And so we're working through that, and we're making sure guys know, like, hey, this is your job. You know, this is the NFL you have to you have to be ready to go if your numbers call or not. Like like every game is is, is that important in this league. So you totally got where, where JJ three was coming from on, on that. Yeah, I, I don't think he was, you know, saying like guys aren't guys don't want to win, guys aren't committed, but just make sure like everything's mm -hmm. on if it's your effort, if it's your studying habits, everything, you know, just make sure it's all understood and, and you know what you have to do so when you get to the game you're prepared to go. Is that unique to this team or is that the case with every team of young players? I think it's the case with every team. Um, you know, it probably wouldn't be stressed as much if you're four and two right now. You know, you know what I mean? Like, which is crazy. It's two plays here or there, you know, or something of that nature. But, but it's something you have to learn as as a player. Coach stressed it a lot is in the preseason is getting to your routine. You know, and what's your routine? And guys that have played in this league, like I pretty much do the same thing every week when it comes to film study, taking care of my body, things like that. But I've also been able to do it for nine years. So a guy that comes in, you know, might not have that or understand that and so they're still learning what feels best for them and what what you know it takes to to play at this level all right joel batonio speaking and again our press conferences are brought to you by nissan of north homestead and i-90 nissan in sheffield village shop online at bignissan.com they need him to be healthy this week uh i don't know we don't still know what's gonna happen with wyatt teller hopefully we'll hear a little bit more about him as the week progresses um because i mean at one point yesterday what we had three-fifths of the offensive line out at practice. So uh, they're super important. Amari Cooper also scheduled to speak today. So is Greg Newsom. So uh, maybe we will hop into that. There is a story out there right now. I just want to get everybody up to speed on it that Deshaun Watson. Bad choice of words. 
what? Oh, get up to speed? Yeah, whatever. Uh, Deshaun Watson was busted for speeding after uh, he was traded to the Browns. He was doing a 97 in a 70. What is it? Reckless op is 20 miles over. So I'd be reckless then. Um, so uh, apparently, according to TMZ Sports, Deshaun Watson found himself in trouble in Ohio just months after he was traded to the Browns. TMZ learned that he was busted going 97 in a 70 in June. State Highway Patrol says they caught the state uh, the star quarterback speeding uh, n- near Sandusky less than three months after the trade. Uh, it sounds like he was cordial during the thing. That co- the police officer said to him, uh, do you know how fast you were going? He said, like, 97. Uh, the officer responded, yes, I got you at 97. Watson said during the stop that he had been traveling from uh, in town from Detroit. Uh, the entire interaction with the police officer was cordial, and after a few minutes, the quarterback was issued a citation and allowed to leave. He paid a hundred eighty-five dollar fine. Okay, that's it. I mean, can I just say one thing about stuff like this? Sure. Speeding tickets. Okay. Have you had a speeding ticket? Yeah, I've had a couple of them. Yep. So have I. Uh, I've never gone ninety-seven. Uh no, I've and never gone that, ninety-seven. I've never gone ninety. I don't know that I've gone eighty-five. Jeff, you have a car with over three hundred thousand miles on it. That's I'd a, be that's a valid point. I didn't always. If your car was, by the way, that uh, thing hauled butt when it. Young man. If you were doing forty-five, I'd be concerned that the pieces of the, 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 the point is this. automobile might start flying off on the road. Don't drive ninety-seven. Yeah, that's. I mean, silly. you put yourself at risk, and sorry, more so, you put other people at risk. You just, you just don't do that. You know, if somebody makes a wrong move and some car is blowing your doors off going ninety-seven, everybody's done. So just don't, don't drive ninety-seven. Okay. And sorry. Duh. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a story that's floating out there right now. I, I I mean, what more do you want to say about it? Slow down. Do the speed limit. I can't say that enough about anybody. It doesn't Agreed. matter if it's Deshaun Watson or if it's Jeff Phelps or if it's me or your friend or anybody who's listening to us on the highway. Slow Just down. slow down and you yep. don't need to ride the person in front of you. Thank you. As well. This has been an old man update from Jeff Phelps and Andy Baskin. No, seriously. We're hoping though. to become older men. So this is, is everybody, everybody listening. This is true. All right, uh, we're going to listen in more from Berea, and Daryl Ryder's going to join us at noon. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. Baskin and Phelps, let's go back out to Berea. Press conference brought to you by Nissan and North Olmstead and I-90 Nissan and Sheffield Village. Shop online at bignissan.com. Here's wide receiver Amari Cooper. Humphrey's had some games against the Browns. He's been wound up and had some incidents. Is, is that his personality? You said, you said what? Humphrey's had some times with the Browns where it's been some extracurriculars. Is that Some extracurriculars? Yes. Yeah. Is that just oh. super competitive? Is that just how they've always known him? <laughs> Actually, no, that's not how I've always known. I mean, I was only at Bama with him for a year because I was a junior. He was a freshman. Uh, and, I mean, he didn't play, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously things have changed. Um, you know, he's a veteran like I am. He, he's been a really good player. Um, but, no, I, 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 haven't, I haven't known him like that um, to have a lot of back and forth or to be a trash talker or anything like that. So, um yeah, that's 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 news to me, but you know, like I said, I was only at Bama with him for a year, so. He would have played everywhere else anywhere, right? S- say it again. Said he would have played everywhere else. Probably, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a tremendous athlete. You know, that's one of the things everybody noticed about him when he first got to Bama. You know, he's really good at football, at track, um, and he has a whole family of uh, great athletes. So, 
Hey, Marty, John Johnson yesterday brought up maybe there's a lack of commitment by some players here, and I, that could be interpreted in a lot of different ways. Are you seeing the, the focus and the commitment that you would hope to see out of this group? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. It could be interpreted in a lot of different ways. So, you know, I, you would have to ask him exactly what he what he meant by that. But um, at the end of the day, there's always more you can do here. I mean, um, you know, when you go home, maybe you can watch a little less TV and, and more film. Uh, maybe you can sleep less uh, and watch more film and study the playbook. Maybe you can come in earlier. Like, there's always something you something more you can do. So um, maybe that's what he meant by that. As a veteran, do you, do you impart that on players that you see might not be doing what you think they should be doing? I know that's not necessarily your call, but would you go out of your way to tell a player, hey, man, maybe you need to do a little bit more of this, that, or the other? I think uh, as far as the room that I'm, I'm in and that I'm the leader of, you know, I think we're doing a, a tremendous job. You know, I think everybody really understands uh, the playbook well. We do a good job studying uh, the defensive backs that we're going against each and every week. Um, I think the the way our, our leadership group is structured is like, um, you know, a player from each position. So, you know, I would, I would think if there's a, a guy in your position group that you may feel like, you know, isn't handling business the right way, then yeah, of course, you go up to him for the team's sake and, you know, just try to give him some better advice, you know. Um, but that hasn't been the case in the receiver's room. Did you do any of that in tra when training camp began? Do any of what? Tell them, kind of giving some of the younger guys some tips from you know your years of how to be a pro. So yeah, of course. I mean, like I said, I, there's a lot of younger guys in, in, in the receiver's room. So, you know, just you know, giving guys advice on some of the things that I might have gone through or might have seen other players go through that I might have seen them going through at the time and so yeah under the, uh, the leadership here and the way it's structured it seems like there's plenty of leadership to, to go around here but since you've been in some other spots how would this compare to maybe you know how Dallas did it or how the Raiders did it how does what do you mean I mean just you know I'm, like you guys have a <coughs> leader from each position group that, mm -hmm. that you know visits with Stefanski and I mean, is it like that in other places, or yeah, is this I mean, unique? I think, I think it's that's pretty typical of most places. You know, most places have a, a leadership group or a leadership committee. You know, that meets with the head coach. Um, yeah, the, the important thing is you don't have to be a part of the leadership group to be a leader, though. You know, anybody could be a leader. Um, but yeah, I think it's pretty similar. Even though you probably every week do as much as you possibly can. In this week, when sort of Jacoby has called on everybody to dig a little deeper, and everybody's kind of playing out that theme, is there anything else that that you're doing this week, or can possibly do this week, a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's always something more you can do. I mean, just look at you know every phase of the things um, that's that's necessary for you to to be good when Sunday approaches. Um, as far as like taking care of your body, whether it's watching more. The thing that you might be lacking at is the thing you probably need to do more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've been getting here a little bit earlier, uh, watching more film, um, taking care of my body more. Those are two things that I feel like I can improve on. Did you talk to, like, talk to Jacoby about those targets that you didn't hit on? Like, I, I yeah. assume you do that every week, right? Yeah, we do that every week. Okay. Um, just, you know, talk about 
you know, the offense in general, talk about um, some of the plays. Yeah, I mean, just um, definitely a lot of things that I could have done better. What did you do during the week to improve the long bomb? I studied some of the. The long what? The, the long ball. I was studying some of his deeper ball mm-hmm. stats, and they're not where I'm sure he would want them to be. Well, and I know a lot of that comes in the heat of the moment with coverage and all that kind of stuff. But is there anything that you guys can really do during the week to to increase the percentage of long ball completion? Yeah, of course. I mean, like I said, there's always something you can improve on. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just say more reps maybe. You know, I mean, it, repetition is always a good thing. Um, so, yeah, more more repetition with the go ball. Um, and then as far as the game, um, you know, there's a lot of things I could have done better on the go ball that I that I did have as far as stepping on the DB's toes a little bit more, uh, coming off with, with more speed uh, vertically. So, I mean... Like I said before, that's that's why we that's why that's why we're here. That's why we work. You know? I know Jacoby's got a lot of trust in you. When he threw you that deep comeback with the guy in coverage, and I think it was a third down, and then even the touchdown with the guy in coverage. Like, does that just show how much he trusts you to go make a play in a big situation? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I prop myself on you know every every phase of being a wide receiver. I think a lot of people. Um, Understand that I'm I'm a good player when it comes to like catching the ball while being covered. I think people um, only emphasize the fact that you know I'm a good route runner and I get open and that's what they see. That's what they emphasize. Um, but you know even when I'm not open, I could I could make those plays. I think people kind of look at it as either or. Like okay, he creates um, separation a lot, so that's what he's good at, and he may not be good at when he's not so open, but I don't, that's not really the case with me. But I can see why somebody would look at it that way, you know. All right, there you have it, Amari Cooper, Browns wide receiver. I like him, Jeff. I just think I think he's a good athlete. I think he's a – I like the way he approaches the game. I, I like he's to a, listen he's to a him. very good professional football player. Yeah, I mean, he is yeah. He is what this team needs, and they need to get him the ball. That's all. You know, Keep I, getting I, him the ball. Yep. I mean, I'm trying to think. What does he have? Like one, maybe two drops that have been crucial. One that I can think of last week, he had one. But I mean, you just don't you don't expect it when it comes to him like that. I just, no, he's a he's a dynamic player. He's a good football I, He's player. a first class. I, I don't know. I just I really really like him. Like he's a as I said, it's a jersey I would want my kids to wear. Um, I still think there is a real simple way to stop this line of questioning about you know. Guys who are veterans, you know, taking younger guys, you know, under their wing and making sure they understand the game the right way and how to play the game and how to study. And maybe instead of going home and going to sleep, uh, you need to stay up until four or five in the morning, make sure you're watching plays. So no one, I mean, I just think that's ridiculous. You want to end all this talk? Don't blow games like you did against the Jets. That'll end it. No one cares what you're doing when you walk out of the facility if you're winning, right? No one says a word about it. This is. This is a line of questioning you get when you're not winning and you're losing close games and then you get blown out. That's why they're taking all these. That's why unless, you know, like I said to you yesterday, I think I may even said it at the beginning of the show, uh, when JJ3 was talking yesterday about the commitment some of these young guys have to the game and understanding what it takes to be a winner, saying that you have to go to the extra mile, that you've got to do things on your own, that you've got to watch extra film, and that you've got to be – you know, try to hang out with the guys and, and, and take them to dinner and stuff like that. And, yes, 
I understand the veterans have taken guys to dinner. It's not it's not like we're not talking about that. I got to be honest, I wouldn't talk about this at all if they were winning. No one would. JJ3 brought that up yesterday. He did. And I'm not wondering if it wasn't from the direction of their head coach. Maybe Kevin said to those guys on that leadership group, hey, we got to get these guys moving. I don't know if they're committed. I don't know if they're all in. And I don't think they understand what it takes. So if you want me to sit here and talk about how Miles Garrett takes guys out or Jacoby Brissett takes out his offensive line, I'm happy to do that. But that's not the case right now. That's not where we are. And when you're 2-4 and and you blow games that you should have won, questions about leadership come into play. Questions about what your attitude is all about on this team. How committed are you? Those all rise to the top when you're losing. Just win, and they all go away. Baby. Baby. (laughs) I've always – I've never known quite how to take – the whole, um, you know, leaders, I'm going to guide you, blah, blah. You know that whole thing? You know what I mean? Here's where I think it's I, important. I, I, think it, I think it is critical. You know, and I think there are people that you need to look up to. But I think it's up to each individual person, even the young guys. You have to have a plan. You have to know what you want out of your life, out of your career, if you're a football player. And you need to follow it. If, if you get to this level and you're a complete knucklehead, and you need somebody who's five years older than you to be your guiding light. Well, shame on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I only see I, the I, I, I see the purpose in like this is why I think OTAs are important. This is why training camps important. That if you're a first year guy in the NFL and you maybe don't understand, and I say this all the time, no matter what work you're at, you, you want someone to make you feel welcome, like you're a part of the team. Someone that yeah, isn't going to say, hey, if you're going to walk in the room and go, oh, man, I got to go to the bathroom. Where's the, where's the restroom? That there's a vet that will walk up to you or somebody who's been in the building before go, hey, it's around the corner. Don't worry about it. And you're not worried about them making fun of you going, oh, that guy didn't know where the bathroom was. Right? It's about feeling comfortable. It's, there's no different, no difference between that and the first day of school, trying to figure out where to go until you realize that every other kid that's standing next to you that's in your class, it's the first day of school for them too. But it, it's just – it's super interesting that we're in the psychological stuff. Daryl Ryder, our Browns beat reporter, joins us next. Baskin and Phelps. Doesn't he, though? Can't wait for that. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one 